Allison. And I'm Anthony. And, and we're, we're watching, watching Disney, Disney Channel. And We're Watching is a podcast where we critically analyze Disney Channel original movies. I'm your host, Allison Azwara, a screenwriter, actor, and early 2000s enthusiast, and with me is... Anthony! I'm an actor, fitness enthusiast, and I was bullied from grades 5 through 8. And we met doing musical theater together in the Bay Area roughly 10 years ago! Our movie this week is Gotta Kick It Up, which premiered in 2002, directed by Ramon Menendez, written by Nancy De Los Santos, Ramon Menendez, Tom Muska, Megan Cole, and Stu Krieger. Ramon Menendez, along with Tom Muska, are the team behind the movie Stand and Deliver, which um, got Edward James Olmos an Oscar nom, and the movie won a ton of Independent Spirit Awards. Also, Nancy De Los Santos, one of the writers um, of Gotta Kick It Up, was an associate producer on Selena, the movie. So we are not messing around here. This creative team is the real deal. And the Oscar goes to... Gotta Kick It Up is also starring Tony-nominated Susan Egan and an adorable, fresh-faced America Ferreira. She was a baby. She was. She's very cute. I think mm -hmm. she was 19. Yeah, she was. So this is one of the few Disney Channel original movies based on a true story, and it's actually based on Megan Cole, one of the writers. Um, this really happened to her. She was brought in to a school's dance team to be their coach, and she wanted to use this story. The good thing is that she had the right mind to be like, oh, I'm going to bring in some Latinx writers to help this out. <laughs> All right, so first we're going to get into the synopsis before we do our analysis and our favorite moments and our yikes moments. In Southern California, Marshall Middle School... Side note, I was so confused about this being a middle school. I thought they were a high school. Later we find out they're in ninth, ninth grade. grade. So I think they're one of those middle schools that's like seven, eight, nine. Have you heard of those? Yeah. I think my dad went to something like that. That's yeah. like an old thing or a suburban thing. I did write that. I don't think it's a suburban thing. Yeah, I grew up in the suburbs, and I had six, seven, eight in California. That like was seven, middle eight, school. Nine. But yeah, that's that is weird. But like, mm, it's very confusing, and also obviously the actors look so old, and they're right. all acting old, and like they have boyfriends. So I just assumed they were in high school. Boyfriends that could drive. Yes. The... Right. So at least fifteen and a half permitted. Sixteen. Wait, no, one year after, right after your permit. Well, I don't know what the. The law was back then, because I think they changed permit rules at some point. Oh. So I don't know. Um, anyway, so apparently they're in middle school. Marshall Middle School. We first meet troublemakers Daisy and Yolanda dancing in the school's courtyard. Daisy clearly has an attitude and won't take no shit from anybody. We meet some other students and find out that Marshall has lost their dance coach this year. So that's the end of the dance team. R.I.P. <laughs> New teacher, Miss Bartlett, a.k.a. Tony-nominated <laughs> Susan Egan, arrives to teach biology. She is intimidated by all the Latin culture, wouldn't you say? <laughs> oh, 100%. She came out of that car fearing her life. Yeah. 
Um, Goody Two-Shoes Esmeralda works in the teacher's office, and she sneaks a peek of Miss Bartlett's resume and sees that she went to Juilliard for dance. So everyone tries to convince... Uh, I'm just going to call her Susan, because... <laughs> Miss Bartlett doesn't exist. Yeah, it's Susan Egan. It's Susan Egan to me. Um, she tries to convince Susan to coach the dance team. She reluctantly agrees. Daisy decides she'll try out for the dance team just so she can get out of going to detention. Um, they do their little audition montage, and it doesn't look so good. Everyone is all over the place. Some people do an interpretive dance. Some people were doing the robot. Yeah. Susan is like, I did not leave Broadway for this. <laughs> so they start a ragtag dance team, and they're not very good. Um, they go to their first competition, and they're wearing their dinky little gym uniforms, and all the other schools are in these crispy cheerleading outfits and all the other schools are like rich white schools so they're feeling very intimidated um when it's their turn to perform they just suck um, <laughs> they're like all out of sync girls are bumping into each other and daisy storms off the stage susan is like oh fuck this then all the girls kind of come for susan saying you didn't believe in us you didn't try hard enough and the girls are, like, really embarrassed. They're, like, we totally bombed. Everyone saw us. This one girl, Alyssa, her parents are there, though, and they're so supportive. They're, like, it's your first time. <laughs> Rome okay. wasn't built in a day. I know. <laughs> it's, like, okay. But Daisy's, like, I quit. So we see Susan um, in the gym dancing by herself. Daisy's, like, spying on her. And Susan is turning it out. She's kicking her face. And Daisy gets pissed because she's, like, what the fuck, this bitch is having us do, like, step, touch, step, touch, and she can do all of that. So she's really mad about that. They go through some more drama. Finally, Susan and the team are like, let's, let's do this for real. Let's actually practice, and Susan will give them all she's got. So then they start rehearsing again, and the girls are finally like, we feel ready to compete, but Susan is too nervous. She thinks they bombed before... And she doesn't want them, she's too nervous that they're going to bomb again, and she doesn't like feeling responsible for that. They try to show her that they are ready by staging a flash mob at lunch. Very cute. Apparently it's, it was really like, it was a bad girl move. <laughs> Susan's really mad about it, and she still says that's a no to going to the meet this weekend. The girls decide to be naughty and go to the meet on their own. So they fix up their own uniforms. Daisy's boyfriend, Chewy, and his dudes show up to drive them all. And the girls are freaking out before they head out to this competition. So they start their chant of si se puede to pump themselves up. Yay! When they get to the meet, this lady who is going to sign them in tells them, oh, your coach needs to sign you in. And she seems like she's very strict, but Daisy just bullshits her, and then she's like, okay, and just, like, lets them in. Which is also so funny, because Daisy was like, our coach, our coach, clearly is lying. Yeah. Dumbfounded. This lady doesn't give a shit. She's <laughs> like, I was not paid enough to check these dance teams. Right. All right, so at this competition, they kill their performance. Daisy gets approached by one of the judges, and this judge basically invites her to attend the School of the Performing Arts next year. And the team gets third place. Woohoo. <laughs> so then they drive back home, and they're caught by Alyssa's parents, um, who were once supportive but are now very angry. 
understandably, because they're like, we had no idea where you were. Who are these boys? Do they even know how to drive? Esmeralda goes home and her parents are mad because she didn't cook her brother's dinner, which is a whole other thing. I don't know why Esmeralda is the keeper of her brother. The parent? Yeah. I mean, I get it. I'm sure her parents both work, but I don't know. They're putting a lot of pressure on this teenage girl. Who's in ninth grade. Oh, right. She's not even in high school. Mm-mm. Daisy decides to go over to Susan's house. Which is very weird. How did she find out where she lived? Also, just... <laughs> think about that. Just weird. Um, Susan's very mad. She already heard about what the girls did. So Daisy sort of confronts her about all of this, and Susan tells the truth about Juilliard. She didn't go to Juilliard, basically. She dropped out after two weeks and still has it on her resume. Will shady. But basically, she said that she just... She choked when she got there. She saw everyone. She got so intimidated by how good all the other dancers were. So she was like, peace out. And when the team bombed the, at their first meet, it just reminded her of that pressure she would put on herself. And when she didn't do well, she just thought she should quit. So Daisy teaches Susan the Cisa Buena chant to help her spirits. So then we get a little montage of the team practicing. They're going to meets. They're doing well in school. And then Chewy tries to discourage Daisy from going to the performing arts school. He's mad that um, Daisy's so busy with practice. He's mad because she won't commit to their life together. Um, and again, I'm gonna say, she's in ninth grade. Yeah, I'm like, at best, they're like 15 years old and they're definitely younger than that, it seems. So, yeah. very weird. So he's like, if you can't commit to me, then I'm out. And he dumps her. Ouch. Then there's like this weird false conflict just inserted in of Susan possibly getting another job, but then she doesn't. And the girls, like, gang up on her. And they're like, how could you do this? Daisy's like, once a quitter, always a quitter. And Susan's like, um, I didn't take the job, so. Fuck you. Yeah. So they go back to practicing like that never happened. Yolanda is at risk of being kicked off the team because she keeps failing math. And then the principal tells them that the school can't afford a bus to get the girls to regionals. So they come up with a plan to do a car wash to raise money, and Yolanda has to um, count it all, count the money, and if she counts it right, she passes math, I guess. That, that part never made sense to me, and still will never make sense right. to me. They're probably taking, like, algebra or something. I mean, ninth grade is, yeah, algebra 1-2, or <laughs> geometry. And they're like, if you can count correctly, um, we'll forget that you've been failing math basically. What the hell is this? At the car wash, they realize they're just shy of hitting their goal. Chewie rolls in with his crew, he brings all these cars from the auto shop, and they help them reach their goal. So they have all the money, they get new uniforms with the money, they go to regionals. The judge lady from the performing arts school is there, so she's in the audience, so Daisy's really nervous. Susan gives her a little pep talk. Their performance starts and Daisy freezes, but Yolanda kicks her into gear. Daisy actually starts dancing. They do a great performance. Oh, we find out at the very end that they got second place. Woo! They celebrate once they're off the stage. Chewy is there and he tells Daisy that he's so proud of her and that he's gonna go back to school. And then we just see the girls and Susan so happy that their teamwork paid off. 
and there's this little epilogue just telling us that they did place in second at regionals and they went on to nationals. And that's the end. All right, so now we're gonna get into our little analysis. Mm -hmm. Where do you wanna start? So I wanna dive into Megan Cole being the co-producer, also a writer, um, how she wanted to have a Latino movie with Latino kids doing great things. Because at the time, in 2002, if you weren't white, you weren't doing, you were apparently not doing great things. Right. And especially because they're showing what seems to be like a lower income neighborhood and school and community, it would be really easy to show them not succeeding. Yeah, this was, I think this movie did a lot for me um, because this was like one of the first things I saw that was like depicting Latinas. It was like, look at these badass girls. We see them continually like make choices that are bold and could that get them in trouble, but they pay off because they're taking risks because they have to, because it's the only way to achieve their dreams. And it's cool too, because they have an array of characters. There's not just the one like bad girl, right. which is Daisy, you know? Mm -hmm. and, Cause you have like Esmeralda who's like book smart yeah. and follows the rules and really wants to make sure that she goes to college, that she has all these after school programs. Um, and having her really fight for what's right in her mind, in her school, in this dance team, is so inspiring. It's great that we show teachers who believe in these kids. Mm -hmm. um, the principal is kind of a great role model. He's a little strict, but he seems to have a really good relationship with all the kids. Like, he knows them. He goes to the regionals um, performance. He, I, he, like, greets some kid in the hallway and does this cute little salute thing. And Susan, once she gets the hang of it, she also has a good relationship with them and she really believes in them and what they can do. That's why it's so important to have good mentors when you're growing up in middle school, in high school, because you confide in them. You can tell them things that are happening in your home life, you, the things that make you feel uncomfortable. And these after-school programs are so important. And I think that's one of the biggest things that Ms. Cole wanted to stress was how important after-school programs are. And we're still talking about it now, how we have the arts, how we have even sports, you know, like everything that is an after-school program is going to be beneficial to any kid's life growing up. Yeah. I like that literally all the adults we see are supportive. Like, we don't see Daisy's parents ever, which is kind of interesting because she is the lead of the movie. Um, we don't see Yolanda's parents. All we see are Esmeralda's parents and Alyssa's parents. Alyssa's parents are the ones who are super supportive. A little strict, but I mean, it seems like they were just worried about safety, so I, I don't really think that's a big deal. Um, Esmeralda's parents, they're still a positive representation, but I think they were showing like what it's like when a family has to, everyone in the family has to work to help support everyone. I think you're right that it was very intentional to show this positive situation. And I wonder what the conversations were about Daisy and her parents and why don't we see them? I think she mentions her mom a few times and just says like, oh, my mom wouldn't like this. Or my mom would say, we can't afford to go to that performing arts school. Which she did, yeah. If you eliminate that parent immediately, 
then they're only focusing on the fact that, oh, well, she's she's still trying. She she can still try, even though that... Right, and it's saying, like, maybe your parents aren't supportive, but you can have supportive role models in your life that believe in you and believe in your talent and can help you succeed. Susan Egan. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, we have to talk about Si Se Puede, which is the rallying cry of the, like, United Farm Workers Union co-founded by Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta. So I wanted to do some research and see why the writers put that in there. Um, this like chant that's meant, it was literally created for, in support of a hunger strike that Cesar <laughs> Chavez was doing. Okay. So I found this interview with Nancy De Los Santos and she talks about using the Asisi Puede phrase and she said that she she just loved the phrase and she wanted to hear those words spoken on television. So she just put it in the movie. And I, I love that because this is such a huge part of like Mexican-American culture. And I mean, to me, when I watched this movie when I was like 10 or something, that was the first time I ever heard that phrase. So it was really cool that they just put it in there. And I think... I mean, like me, I'm sure there's tons of people who had never heard that phrase before and now know it from this movie. And even if you don't know anything past that, I think you could still identify it as being a Latino chant for empowerment. Absolutely. This movie does just such a good job, I think, of Latinx representation in general. I think they they tried hard to get it right, which is really important. They could have just, like, fallen into stereotypes or something Mm -hmm. but the fact that they brought on this creative team like you have the best of the best like these people are literally working on oscar nominated movies and then they're working on this movie okay so all these characters were amazing but we are going to rank them for me my number one is yolanda aka america ferrera this was the most fun I've ever seen her have, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was sort of... Free. She was, like, booked to be the funny sidekick, yeah. which is not a role that she plays now, almost ever. Um, so it was really, like, cute to just see her be, like, really funky and silly. My number one is Marisol. She's supportive. She put herself out there. English is her second language. And she still wants to put herself in a situation that maybe she wouldn't. She says in the movie, dance is the same in every language, which I love, which is so true. So that's why she's my favorite. Remember when Esmeralda was throwing up? She like was the one person that was there for her, you know, like helping, not helping her throw up, but but being there to support her. Yeah. And she was the one that did not come up with Si Se Puede, but she was the one to say, well, my family says this. Yeah. So why not, why, why not use this as our chant? Yeah, that was really sweet. And it's also, I think that was a cute way for them to put that in there because she's saying, oh, my grandma always says this, which like, was her grandma a part of like... <laughs> the Cesar Chavez? Yeah, the like labor strike. And was she like a big activist? Maybe she was. At time-wise, I guess that it might work could out. Could make sense. My number two is two people. It's it's um, Alyssa's parents. Oh. <laughs> Just okay. They were so supportive when they bombed. Like it was, 
it wasn't like they were nervous. It was like they did a really bad performance. Like, it was really bad and embarrassing. And the first thing the mom said was like, you guys did such a good job. But do you not remember when they put the camcorder down mid-performance? <laughs> they said, we're not filming this they anymore. Like, well, we'll spare them. They're doing us a favor. I didn't rank the parents. That's okay. Because I ranked the dance team. Okay, fair. That's fair. that. That's my that's my ranking. I guess we could have talked about that, but my ranking is the dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alyssa's parents would be in my top ten. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's not that many characters. But so if we're gonna include like uh, Principal Zavala's and okay. like Miss Kim, Chewy, Chewy, ugh, um, we'll get into that later. So my number two is actually Yoli. So Aww, okay. yeah, Good. because she's fun. She's free spirited. Yeah. She support again, supports her friend. She's not the only one dancing and then kind of like backs off. So I was like, Oh, yikes. Yeah. She didn't want detention, which yeah. is fair. I like how she's like a, a faux bad girl. Mm-hmm. It's like, just because she hangs out with Daisy, I think she's like bad by association. But when it comes to like actual consequences, she's like, oops. Like just kidding. Yeah, she doesn't want to get in trouble. Because she wanted to be part of this dance team, and, like, the person spearheading this was Esmeralda. Yeah. Who Daisy dislikes. Who do you have next? Alyssa's my number three, because in the beginning of the movie, you, you kind of see her just there. So you don't know what she was yeah. there for. I don't... I had to, like, go back to find out her name. Same. <laughs> Same, because I she think... She just, like, shows up halfway through the movie, and then you're just like, oh, shit, who is she? She's talking, yeah. so she's not a background person. Yeah. Uh, but she is my number three of the dancers. It, like, that, that was her in the beginning, right? When she, like, switched textbooks. I think that was her, because uh, she had a really dirty textbook, and the guy next to her had a really oh. clean textbook, which also, let's talk about that for a second, because when you're in high school, everything is named, and when you check things out, you scan a code. What? What? Like when you rented a book, right? In high school? We did not do that. You didn't rent books in high school? No. Like textbooks? I don't think so. They just like gave, they gave you textbooks, right? And in order for you to keep that textbook, (laughs) where do books come from, Trace? We didn't have to scan anything though. But in order, like what if you lost it and you just stole another person's textbook? So say, I don't know that guy's name. So say George has Alyssa's textbook, and Alyssa has George's textbook. If George had lost the textbook, Alyssa would be paying for it because it's scanned under her name. Wait. It's like a library book. Maybe, maybe we just bought the books. You bought textbooks in middle school? No, that's expensive. Like a history book, like a scholastic history book. I have truly no memory of this. I remember I... Where do the books come from? I mean, in the first day of class, they would like hand it to you blah 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 um oh you know what we wouldn't it wouldn't be that fancy we didn't have like scanning or anything i think you just had to put your number in mm. or your name on the inside this yeah. book belongs to and then the year mm-hmm. i guess that's true but anyways that's that was my first instinct when she switched the book i was like you're gonna get fined if george loses your book <laughs> just saying so this is my number three all right who's your number three um, How many people do you have on your list? I just had those. <laughs> Three people? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Daisy wasn't on your list? She wasn't, but I do like her a lot. I think she would be number three for me. Which I is like fair. Her, her... I like her spunk. I like her growth. It seems like she goes from someone who doesn't really think she has a shot at, at succeeding, at doing anything better than what she's already doing. So she doesn't try. And... It takes 
this teen and Susan's encouragement <laughs> and that lady's encouragement from the performing arts school to make her realize, like, wait, she has a real shot at, you know, doing something bigger than she thought. I liked that Daisy sort of stood up to Chewie and was like, listen, boy, I'm a baby. I'm 15 years old or 14 or 13, some age, and I, I'm too young to settle down and decide the rest of my life. And I think that was sort of a huge turning point, I think, for her, because after that was when she decided, I'm going to call this woman from the performing arts school, I'm going to apply. And I think that's when she finally started to believe in herself. I agree. I agree. Can we just say, oh, okay, yeah. Susan Egan gets gets some, I don't know if she's number four. It's like once you get past three, like the numbers don't matter anymore. True. Unless you're like 500. Susan Egan was fun. She was a positive role model to these girls, regardless of how much they knew about her. Yeah. What they knew about her was that she went to Juilliard. She's a great dancer. She's a biology teacher, which... How did you become a biology teacher? Right. Well, she says that she was working for the internet, and then she, like, lost that job, and then someone was just, like, begging for teachers. So So. you're going to be a high school biology teacher, which I think that it requires a lot of qualifications and certifications to be a biology teacher, to be a high school teacher. Yeah, I think if you're... I think in public schools, at least, you have to have a master's degree yeah. in order to teach. Yeah. So. Did she not? She If she dropped out of Juilliard, she did said she. She she went to another college. Right, but did one. she get her teaching credential? We're going to say that she did, sure. But how did she find herself in a situation of teaching biology? Because teaching biology is so specific. Right. You know, in the science department, whereas. If you were in the English department, you can also teach things in the arts. Right, but it is middle school, so I... I oh, I like, keep forgetting that. I know. Like, at some point, you don't have to go too much in depth. Like, you and I could teach, like, multiplication. I could teach more than that. Well... But I also was majoring in, like, chemistry. Right. So I guess that's different. Like, that's I what could. I mean. Like, yeah. I think, like, anyone could probably teach a first grader or something. But ninth grade biology is actually pretty difficult if you don't know anything about evolution. <laughs> Not evolution, but evolution of animals and cells. A cells, my- mitosis, meiosis. Like, do you know what that is? Like, it's true. Do you? I, I, I don't remember it. I remember binary fission. Is, what? Is that the same thing of what I'm talking about? I think that's when a cell splits. I thought that was mitosis. I don't know about but I remember drawing things in purple mm-hmm. and like a one cell separating. I guess that by fission though, isn't that a f- like coming together? No, that's fusion. Oh shit. <laughs> but I'm like, she has the textbook. <laughs> we don't have the textbook. I mean, sure. I teach off of a textbook. Right, but. Okay, so she was definitely underqualified, but they were probably just like, well. Desperate? Yeah. You went to Juilliard, and that sounds fancy. Yeah, so Susan Egan being underqualified to teach and, like, the school being desperate for any teacher brings me to my yikes moment of how they needed a white woman savior. Yes! Oh, I was, I was like, this is the king and I, just right. so we all know. Right. It, the fact that they needed to have her white, why did she have to be white? 
Right. You know what I mean? That was the only downfall of maybe it's maybe they precast Susan Egan. Right. I don't know. I mean, I think it's like just such a snag to be like, oh my gosh, we got like a Tony nominated Broadway actress who can dance. Oh, for sure. Um, who could also act on camera, which is not, you know, the same the thing. The easiest thing. So, I don't know. Maybe that's a huge part of it. And I'm sure it's because this is based on Megan Cold's life. Oh. Yeah. I, but, true. But, but without that, like within the text, mm-hmm. it is, they are saying something specific about having this white woman come in and she saves all these kids from, you know, their terrible lives by getting them on the dance team. Right. Which in fact, she didn't want to do in the first place. Right. Remember her intimidation of the school was because she was an outsider, mm-hmm. which is very telling of what a white woman savior story is. I read some, I don't know, maybe it was like a little log line somewhere on some app or something that was saying she infuses the dance routine with their culture. And I'm like, no, they they do that. Yeah. She doesn't. She's like, tambe potabore, bitch. Yeah, she said, kick your face. <laughs> yeah. She literally was a tambe potabore into a triple Right, and Into it's not until, like, towards the end that the girls are... She's asking the girls, like, okay, well, what's what are things that you guys know about? And she's like, oh, well, I know La Lavadora and Merengue and Salsa. And then she's like... She does that weird flamenco move Susan does. Oh, she's like, yeah. She's like, flamenco. Mm. And bring it down. And yeah. we're like, uh, girl, you went to Juilliard for two weeks. I know, when she was... There is that um, scene where they were in practice and they're doing isolations and she was teaching them how to move their hips and I was like, you don't need to teach them. <laughs> <laughs> they already know. Going off on that scene, how she said, we're going to count to eight. One, two, three, four, five, six. I can't hear you. Right. Like, teach them how to count to eight. Right. I'm like, they don't need to. <laughs> they, they know how to count to eight. They got rhythm. Right. Eh, well, some of them did. I mean, hmm. Uh, that's funny because one of my yikes moments was Daisy teaching Susan how to say "see sibuela" because Susan's like, "What's that?" <laughs> right. I'm sorry, you're living in California. I mean, first of all, you're living in this world, but second of all, you've never heard that phrase before. Like, how sheltered are you? And also, you're living in Southern California. You're working in a school with like predominantly like. Latinx kids. Yeah, she had she to have heard known Spanish before. Right, she and she had to have known what she was going into when she was applying for the job. It's right. not a blind application where it says, "I need a biology teacher." Here you go. Which also going back, like Megan Cole was a part of the Teach for America program. Mm-hmm. But even then, like you know what you're getting yourself into. Right. You know the demographic that right. you're teaching, mm-hmm. not just biology when you're underqualified she doesn't bring it upon herself to be like maybe i should learn some spanish right since i'm working with kids who some of them english is their second language Mm -hmm. it's fun that daisy and susan have this like sort of power play going on where susan seems to make a lot of decisions just for the sake of them just so she can be like well i'm the teacher i'm the adult and what i say goes when really Clearly, they were ready to perform at that second meet, and mm-hmm. they did an amazing job, and it's really thanks to Daisy that they were able to go, and if they hadn't gone to that, they probably 
wouldn't have qualified for regionals, wouldn't have qualified for nationals. Right. So it's really important that they didn't listen to their teacher. That's the lesson I want everyone to learn. Don't listen to your teachers. (laughs) Um, You just made me think of another sort of weird moment. Just the fact that Susan lets Daisy into her home, I'm like... Never be alone with a student. That's like a really, like, that's the number one thing you learn about being a teacher. But I guess Susan never learned how to be a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) True. True. Exactly. That's terrible. Yeah. Um, My other yikes moment was just Chewie's, like, machismo meltdown. Um, It was just bizarre because up until that point, he had been pretty supportive, like, driving them to their meet. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you're too busy for me. You think you're better than me. And then he has the nerve. The worst thing he says is that you're going to go off to the school. You're going to realize you can't hack it. And then you're going to come crawling back to me. Which is so rude because he's just saying, like, he doesn't believe that she can do it. And obviously, it's all coming from insecurity because he says at the end, he was like, he basically says he didn't mean that. He just means he doesn't want to be left behind. And Chewie has an interesting story because... He dropped out of ninth grade, has a job, has a car. And his parents let him drop out. That's well, a different thing. I think he mentions at some point that he has to pay bills. So I think his parents need him to help pay the bills for their house. So I think that's probably uh, why they're okay with that. Um, I so guess that's like, true. I think he has a complicated story. And at least he's, he's written well enough that we can empathize with where he's coming from. And he's just a kid. So it's like... Obviously, you know, his ego gets in the way mm-hmm. and he doesn't want her to leave him, but he was just so rude about it in that, in that little moment. Cause he's thinking about himself. I mostly like him. I have to say it was just that one scene that's terrible and he's just like, yeah, I'm sorry. And he's like, good luck, bitch. Bye. Cause it was a quick redemption when he comes back with the cars, the cars, Yeah, you know, and, really and he knew, yeah. And he knew that he fucked up. And then he drives all the way to San Diego for their, um, for regionals. The, the regionals, yeah. Which is really sweet. He's, like, very supportive for a, like, 15-year-old boyfriend. Right. You know? Like, that's a very, he's very committed to her. And he wants, like, a life with her, which is kind of crazy because they're so young. But it's also kind of sweet that he's, you know? I mean, I feel like boys that age are more interested in just, like, screwing around than... Mm-hmm. But he, he already has to sort of act like an adult because he has a job, he has a car. I think he has a lot of responsibilities and that sort of, that makes him a lot more mature than other boys his age. He's already in the mindset, like you were saying, in the mindset of an adult. Yeah. Whereas Daisy's still like, I don't know what high school to go to. Yeah. You know? So for him to kind of shoot that shit makes sense, but there was a better way right. of having that conversation. It's really sweet, though, that she inspires him to go back to school. Yeah. And... It's hard to right, go back to school. Especially because, I mean, he's probably going to keep his job because he has to. You know, right. maybe he'll work part-time and go back to school. Does that mean he'll go to college, too? Like, maybe. I think that it's really life-changing. And I think... Okay, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I think the message they're trying to send is that, like, hope is contagious and that inspiration is contagious. And I like the idea that they're saying like, oh, if if one person can believe in themselves, then everyone else in their world can believe in themselves, you know? And it'll just like branch out um, like that from there. 
But, like, what a recipe for a good Disney Channel original movie. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to talk about my favorite moment. Mm-hmm. It was Yolanda's dance audition. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, so silly. She's like... It was her. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they said, we're not choreographing this. Yeah. You come up with this for yourself. Here's your song. <laughs> she was... I ranked the best dances and she was my number one. Oh, good. Um, um, America Ferrera was my number one. Alyssa was my second because it was like jive-like. My third oh, was... she was doing like a... Like she a was like jumping. Yeah, yeah, she was no, She was all over the place. Yeah. And then my number three is Marisol because she put her culture in it, you know? Which was a lot of fun. And then number four is Esmeralda because I don't know what that was. Oh, yeah. That interpretive dance was just... I know. They made it seem like <sighs> earlier in the movie when she's like obsessed with her music box that like she was trained in ballet. Right. But then in this scene, um, in her dance audition, it was like, ooh, is she though? But she thinks she was, it was like she was doing contemporary and... Mixed with ballet, mixed with, well, I guess yeah. ballet is the foundation of all dance, but mixed yeah, I, with... I think I thought she was going to be better. <laughs> I also, I really liked the songs they used in all of their competitions. Me too. I was like, I kind of want to find these songs and download them and work out to them. Do you think they're real songs? I did. <laughs> they probably are. I mean, they gotta be yeah. at least snippets of it. Yeah. But I, I, up until that point, I've never heard those songs. Even after the movie, I've never heard those songs. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. I don't know. I don't know what oh they're gosh. trying to say. At one point, why do they count? Why do they count so weird? Two, three, four, five. Yeah. And then they hit. Why the five? I don't know. Why the five? I don't know. It was... That was painful. But that was their first competition. Oh, that was when they didn't know how to count. That's yet. when they didn't know how to count yet. And then the Thank goddess, yeah. Susan Egan, Thank taught God. them how to count to Broadway's eight. Broadway's Susan Egan. Broadway, Tony nominated. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Two of my favorite moments were when the team literally came together to dance, to do the flash mob. Because yeah. they were so in sync. They looked so good. They had the entire school backing them up. Yeah. Even with principals of all even being like, oh, we didn't authorize this dance to happen during lunchtime. Principals of all wasn't scolding them for putting on a performance, even though they literally locked up the key and threw it in a trash can. But also, why would you keep the key right next to the door? Right. Whatever. Middle school. I guess you never think about that. But for... Susie Negan to say that this is not allowed. It, it, Principal Zavala was totally fine with it. He right. just said, "This, why wasn't this on the schedule? Yeah, I, don't, I didn't think that was such a big deal when they did that. I was like, this is like cute. And it's clearly showing them being very interested and committed to their after school activity. So I'm like, I don't really picture teachers getting too mad about it. It's not like, it was during lunch, first of all. It's not like they right. interrupted a class. I mean, I guess just the, the sneakiness of it is the problem. But, I mean, they're still kids. Like, kids are going to do things like that. Which also is so funny that they had to put it over the PA system because they already had a boombox from the beginning of the movie that they could put a, put a CD on and just play it in the square. But right. instead, I think that was the problem, yeah. was that they went against the adults and the administration and put it on the PA system. Yeah. And that was the only thing. Sure, that's not okay. But they could have used a boombox. Right. Yeah, they probably should have. Right, because they've also, like, we see from the beginning, like, 
everyone's dancing in the courtyard anyway at all times. Like, right. it's not a big deal. Another moment I really did like in this movie was in Esmeralda's room when her dad made the little brother give the music box back to Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. And then she went back into her room. And first, all we see is this music box of this white ballerina open up, then we pan out, and then you see this mural of her culture. Yeah, I know. We were like, who painted this mural? Right. But the fact that they're focusing so much on this ballerina in a white tutu, white face, white everything, and then we see who she wants to become. Wow. Which, you know, like, isn't, isn't so much a ballerina as a dancer in her own body and who she is. Mm-hmm. And that's right. what I love. And it's just about, for Esmeralda, it was about doing something like only for her. Right. Because it seems that her entire life is sort of for her parents, you know, doing well in school, taking care of her brother. Mm-hmm. She even talks like cooking and cleaning at the house. Being late for the audition because she had to drop her brother at the, her yeah. aunt's house. Yeah. She's like, She's, like, really doing a lot. She needs, like, a break. She's just a kid. For a middle schooler. Yeah, again. High schooler, whatever. I know. How is she... What is she picking him up? Is she just walking him? (laughs) Oh, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. They're, like, in Southern California. How far is she walking him? It's not like they're in New York where you can pick someone up at school and walk them somewhere else. You're not wrong. Not everybody has a Chewy. Maybe they have a bus? I mean, I'm sure the city has a bus. Yes, yes. I know they have a bus. <laughs> You're yelling at me right now, <laughs> just so you know. But you mean like a school bus? No, I'm like, I guess maybe that's what they mean, that she just takes him on the bus. But still, it's kind of weird. And backwards to like pick up her little brother from elementary school, drop off to the aunt's house, who who knows how far that is, and then come back to school. Because auditions probably, we'll say school ended at 3.15. Auditions probably happened at 3.30. You had a span of 15 minutes to get across Southern California in that traffic? Right. Pothole. Rolling Hills did seven turns. Oh my god, yeah. Bitches were turning in this movie. Yeah. They are dancers. And I was like, how is Susan going to teach these girls how to do like a million pirouettes in a few weeks? (laughs) That's, I mean, sure, some of them are gifted. But th- they also did, though. They did, like, a double like, at some point. A something. double, which is still hard. That's hard. I'm like, uh, I, like, took dance for a while, and I could, like, do a double, like, on accident. <laughs> on a good day, you know? But, like, these girls are literally landing doubles. Yeah. As if they were trained to do it in, since they were five, mm-hmm. you know? this movie so did i i loved seeing it again it's been such a long time because i don't think they replay this one a lot um they don't at 3 a.m they do i love to dance because of this movie i mean i did love to dance before this movie changed your life but it uh, i think it did i never knew si se puede as a phrase you know so Mm -hmm. that anytime anybody says that i'll just always think of got to kick it up yeah it's a near near and dear place to my heart. This is an iconic movie. This is. With a stellar cast. Yeah, it was a really good cast. I'm just like, they really lucked out with Broadway's season again. <laughs> Tony nominated season again. Yeah, seriously though. All right, so that is all we have for this week. Tune in next week where um, we don't know what we're going to watch yet. 
But stay tuned because it's going to be good. It's going to be your favorite decom. Thank you for listening. You can find And We're Watching on Anchor and Spotify, so share it with your friends. You can follow me at Allison Harhar on Twitter. And you can follow me at C-H-A-N-T-T-T on both Instagram and Twitter. That's chant. With three T's, though. Got it. Get it right. All right. Thanks. See you next time. Just kidding. I won't see you. Listen to us next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Dun, 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 dun. So, in a Southern California... (laughs) What's the state? (laughs) You grew up there. Okay.